FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keep Shabazz, Jim Merritt. The program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we begin the show, let's indu- uh, introduce, I said induce, let's introduce <laughs> the award- Freudian slip. The award-winning <laughs> panel that makes this show one of the best in all the land. He is an author, he is a broadcaster, he's an attorney, he's a provocateur. He runs IndiePolitics.org, the one and only Abdullah Keem Shabazz. Hello. Hello, my friend. How's it going this morning? Doing great. He spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. He was the previous... Uh, uh, sacrificial lamb that the party left for dead, running for mayor of Indianapolis uh, on the Republican side. The great Jim Merritt. Hello. Good day. Uh, do you ever think about, uh, because we're going to get to Abdul's poll here in just a moment, do you ever look at all the money Jefferson Shreve has and say, man, if I had your money, I'd be the mayor right now? Yeah, either that if I had your money, I would be in Naples, <laughs> Florida. I was thinking be, Naples, Italy. Yeah, would, would be Could be. You, yes. All right, so let's start with this poll, Abdul. You, as you do every uh, election season, it seems, you commission a legitimate scientific poll. This is not as you you, you will do from time to time asking your friends to take a, an online poll. And, and, and I call the online poll our informal statewide there summary. There you go. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you do it a legitimate poll uh, on various things. Sometimes you'll do statewide stuff. Sometimes you'll do... Uh, city of Indianapolis. This time, you focus solely on Marion County. Yes, uh, but the mayor's race uh, coming up in early, actually early voting get underway next Tuesday, I believe. Uh, we figured it would, be, it, would be, it would be a good time to do some polling just to see where the voters are. Now, I'll remind people, a poll is not a prediction. It, it is not a prediction. It is a snapshot in time. Now, to get enough snapshots in time, you can see trends start to form. But a poll is not a prediction. It's merely a snapshot in time on how people felt. On the day, at the hour, the minute that you spoke to them. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, with all that said, uh, September 24th and 25th, just last week, we we, we interviewed 400 uh, likely voters and had a margin of error of about 5%, which is a good number for a uh, city the size of Indianapolis. And what we found uh, was that uh, we asked, is Indianapolis on the right track or wrong track? A clear majority set the wrong track, 54 to 27%. Now, when we asked, however, if the election were held today, who would you vote for mayor? Joe Hawk said it was 47%, Jefferson Shreve was 37 and the undecideds were at 15-16. Okay, so I think those are the two most important – dang, it's like you've done this before. I think those <laughs> are the two most important numbers because what you're finding there is people don't like the direction of the city, but Jefferson Shreve has not given them a compelling reason to say, I will fix it. It is. It, here's, here's, my, here's, here's the analogy I use. I think, I, I think Rob, I told you this before when they were chatting off air. It's like when my wife and I first met 15 years ago. <laughs> And she was dating this one guy who was kind of a jerk. Uh-huh. And so worse than you? Or, yeah, worse than me. So, wow. so, so to convince her to date me, I had to do two things. Number one, convince her that he's a jerk. And number two, I'm a much better person. I succeeded with the first one. I convinced her he's a jerk. Fifteen years later, my wife still isn't f- fully hasn't bought bought the, bought the goods yet. With that said, though, it, it, people are convinced that politically speaking, Joe Hogshead isn't necessarily the best mayor, but Jefferson hasn't sealed the deal. As, as illuminated by the fact that there are 16%, 16 7% of voters undecided right now. Jim, you ran for mayor of Indianapolis in 2019. Mm-hmm. Why is Jefferson Shreve not connecting with voters? Well, I think I, it, it, we've talked about this before. Campaigns are all about telling a story, You're telling a story about the candidate, telling a story about the, the condition of the city and why 
you're the best candidate. And I started January 10th for November election and, and, and Shreve started in February. These campaigns have to start back in the summer, uh, 18 months in advance of the campaign. So you have enough time to convince people that you're the person that you're, you're the one that has the vision for the, for the city. It's just very difficult, uh, regardless of how much money you have to, to go into what February third or what the, whatever the filing deadline of this year was, and 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 tell a cohesive cogent story about how you're going to lead Indianapolis and and who he is and and uh, wait, 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 waiting to the last minute to talk about uh, the May riots in 2020 and what he would do or where was the mayor where was the mayor. That, that should have been a constant theme of a vision for the future of a safe Indianapolis. And, um, and it, it just, I, it, he hasn't, he hasn't closed the book and he hasn't explained. Okay. So Abdul, you, obviously you ran against Shreve in the primary and well, I supported you Shreve wins and you say, well, he spent a gajillion dollars against Abdul and he's pretty tough. Can't wait to see what he does in the fall. He ran a more aggressive campaign in the primary than he has in the general election. That's because I was a better candidate. Well, that's... <laughs> I mean, don't you look at that? <laughs> you, 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 walked in, you walked in the door. Oh, no, you did wonderful with that. No, don't you look at that, though, and go, where, why, why do it in the primary if you're not going to do it in the general? Well, I will say this. Uh, in, the, in the primary, Jefferson basically ran against Joe Hogsett uh, about, about the crime issue and, and, and everything that was going wrong with the city. Again, that's fine. However, I, I do think the, the, the curse of having a lot of money is, is also the blessing because you have all these consultants who pop up like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And so like, okay, well, the consultants are telling me and I got the money, so we'll go ahead and do it. That's not necessarily, in my opinion, the best way to do things. You still got to do what, what are your top three principles because ours it was public safety, public works, and public trust. That's all we talked about all, all yeah. the time and, and basically stayed on that message. I think, I think Jefferson uh, – while he's, while he's got a puncher's chance, although a slight puncher's chance, but a puncher's chance, um, has not met, has not necessarily made use the best, most efficient use of his time. And now, like I said, with, with early voting starting next week, you got to come out with all all guns a blazing. Otherwise, yeah, it it the elections next week. Yeah, it, for the next month, people are going to be voting, and uh, Republicans like to vote on election day. And when when I looked at your poll, I looked at Perry Township. And, and what is really the Republican base of, of Marion County? And as I saw it, the Republicans weren't coming out, or not coming out, but they weren't showing support for Jefferson. And that's a problem. Isn't a big part of that that his signature issue on crime is not the screw-ups of Joe Hogsett. It's an agreement with Joe Hogsett and him saying law-abiding gun owners are the problem. That's, that, that, that's kind of overwhelming right now, I think. And, and actually, it's, it's funny, too, because uh, when we asked, uh, you know, do you believe Indianapolis is safe or unsafe? It was 42-48, safe, unsafe. Do you believe downtown Indianapolis is unsafe? 32-55, safe, unsafe. And when we asked the question, who would be better in dealing with, in dealing with crime, they were basically tied, 38-37. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, isn't and, it? I mean, and, that should be a slam dunk issue for Shreve. And also, on the gun-related issue, guess what? They're tied again, 39-36, which tells me that, for the most part, the public can't tell the difference between Joe Hogsett's crime proposal and Jefferson's crime proposal if you're basically tied on, on both those two things, crimes and illegal gun possession. There was something that happened this past week 
And to me, it was kind of just the best example of what we're talking about here. So Shreve is running this ad about Joe Hogsett. He finally decided to start running these ads about Hogsett and the riots and being gone. But for the question about where he was during the riots, he used a quote from us on WIBC. Like, he's so afraid to do it himself that he has to list WIBC as the quote. And on top of that, there's apparently so little oversight of the campaign, they got the call letters wrong for the radio station. Now, not to say we're the end-all, be-all, but WIBC is an institution in the city. We are, we've been around 80 years, some of the most famous people to ever broadcast in this city, doing the most, some of the most important, infamous, famous, all in between has taken place here. Clearly, you're not proofreading, and you don't even have the guts to do it yourself. Like, that ad well, was everything to me. Well, see, here's the thing. Uh, as far as the, the site of WIBC, that doesn't surprise me because a lot of a lot of campaigns will do that. Because if it's just you, then it's like, okay, it's, there's no credibility. But if you have a legitimate news source, because we are Indiana's news leader, then that, that gives you more credibility. Now, WBIC, no, that's in Salem, Massachusetts. Not yeah, yeah. In, in, and, and you know the call letters is W Indianapolis Broadcasting Company. Yes. And and so, yeah, you've got to be perfect. If you're challenging an incumbent in a red city, a red county, you have to strive for perfection. And and uh and, and there's really there's no really opportunity to re- recover from situations like that. And and, and uh I just wish that he would have started back in, in 2022 and uh, and be able to have a whole 18 months, have the party know you, get your base out there, continually test these. Because we, well, I think we all agree his crime package, other than the the gun issue, was effective. I mean, it, well, it was it, it was cohesive and and would have would have gotten some support. But he, but all he's talking, I mean, he just did a mailer. People were sending he's us doubling the mailer, down. Mm-hmm. and it's like. You want this is what you want to talk about. Clearly, I mean, we had, we had talked about this when the thing initially came out. He came on the show. I said, "Look, I'm I'm not happy about this, but I'm not going to throw the guy under the bus because maybe he's just checking a box and then he'll wink and nod and go on. And here comes the boom on where was Hawks at during the riots. He hasn't. The central part of his campaign has been illegal gu- gun confiscation or gun restriction proposals. The Supreme Court has said he can't do it. The state of Indiana has laws saying he can't do it. He's he's essentially lying to the people of Marion County. And Republican voters in Abdul's poll backs this up are saying, dude, we're not voting for you. We're done with this. Yeah. And as well as it's a city election, people really don't know there's an election. Turnout's going to be low. And it's it's an opportunity to, to uh, you know, steal a victory. And, and right now, according to... To have tools pulled, that's not going to happen. And the thing is, too, particularly the question is, where do, what do those undecided voters decide to do? Do they decide to stay, just stay home, like I'm skip this, or do they decide to come out and do they decide to vote for uh, Shriver Hogsett? My my thing is this: it, it, it's like being in court, and you got we had a really tough trial, and the jury is still on the fence. So you really got to put those closing arguments, which is where we are right now. You just got to go all out. It's just got to be, it's got to be decisive. It's got to be clear, and it's got to be a coherent message. Because I argue at this point in time, if you're voting for Jefferson or voting for Joe, you're probably not going to change your mind unless someone's caught with a live boy, dead girl, or, or both. Right. However, with those undecided voters, that's who you're talking to. And with Jefferson Shreve, there's no, there's no more margin for error anymore. If I could use a really bad Star Wars analogy, and I'll explain it so Rob can understand it, because Rob's <laughs> not a big Star Wars fan. It's a closing scene in Star Wars when Luke Skywalker is flying down the Death Star Canyon to blow it up. Han Solo isn't coming back. He took the money to go pay Jabba the Hutt. 
the force isn't strong with you, and the Empire put a little steel plate over that hole, and you got one shot. That is where Jefferson is right now. You got one shot, and you got to make it out. Now, granted, one shot's all you need to blow the whole thing up, but you still only got that one shot to make this work. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to talk about it. it's the Star Wars Cantita. <laughs> <laughs> I have the death sentence on 12 systems. You'll be dead. <laughs> Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, and Bill Akeem Shabazz, the program. Welcome to Geek Radio. Statehouse Happenings. This is why this show is so popular. All right, let's shift gears. Let's go to, and by the way, Abdul, speaking of your poll, everybody can find it at IndiePolitics.org. Correct all the information. Yeah, uh, we did the mayor's race. We looked at the city council. Uh, today we did uh, downtown Indianapolis, uh, its safety issue. And what, and what we found interesting about downtown is the more people, if you didn't, if you live downtown, you thought it was unsafe. But if you didn't live downtown or work downtown, you thought it was you thought it was a lot more unsafe, which you thought was an interesting dynamic. And then today, uh, latest afternoon, we put up the demographics: African Americans, independent voters, to see where everyone is. Then tomorrow, we're talking to our pollster, Andrew Weiser. And uh, we have that on your award-winning uh, IndiePolitics.org. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Let's switch gears to the State House, and let's go ahead and mark this down. Uh, We're recording the podcast version on the 4th of October. Uh, this will air Sunday on the radio station as well. I'm about to say something nice about an entrenched establishment Republican figure. Are we ready? <laughs> Mark it. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, Merritt, you were in the Senate since the earth was young. You remember Luke Kenley? I do. Yeah. Do you like him? Or are you guys friends? Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he was the... I like everybody. Well, I know. I mean, mm-hmm. But I mean, like, were you... Yes. You, I mean, even yeah. the people... You're... <laughs> You're like the Ned Flanders of, of Indiana <laughs> politics and government. You just think everyone's great. Yeah. Heidi ho, neighbor. <laughs> uh, he was so he was he was uh, for 25 years part of the Indiana Senate. He was a high-ranking Republican. He was the uh, appropriations chairman, which essentially meant he controlled the money, right, on Correct. the Senate side. Mm-hmm. He testified there is some panel that they put together to study taxation in the state of Indiana, and obviously with Suzanne Crouch out there proposing this eliminate the income tax as part of her campaign this has become a central part of the conversation of this committee and luke kenley got up in front of this committee and essentially said if you want to help people the income tax is not the way to go and if you want to help people property tax reform is the way to go gosh darn it i about fell out of my chair that i have to agree with luke kenley on something but if we're both thinking the same way there's got to be something to it well senator kenley luke uh was pretty much the architect of the last time that we uh, renovated the property tax system. And and he's seen, uh, well, back in the 70s when Doc Bowen was governor, they did it. And then, and then, and then little by little, it, it, it decayed. And then Luke came along, along with the rest of us, had a two-year study of the property tax system uh, and and we we felt like we had it for a little while, but it's been some time now. And and Lucas is speaking the truth. We we it. What I try to tell people if Senator Larry Bors, Senator Morris Mills, people who handle the money in the in the Senate for so many years, and Luke, Mitch Daniels, there are a lot of us that it, it, it we if we 
if we could have, we would have limited, eliminated the income tax system a long time ago because we want to compete with Tennessee. We want to compete with Nevada and Florida and, and Texas. And, and, and uh, tax policy has always been on top of mind. And it it just uh, it wasn't. It, it just wasn't feasible. And when when Luke addressed uh, Senator Holman's committee this last week, he spoke the truth and uh, and and thought that the, you know the property tax and the issues that with that really deserved um, a lot of the um, study of this commission. Okay, so and actually, and actually, just to, just to piggyback on that, because you got to remember the the last real property tax reform in Indiana were the property tax caps, the one, two, three percent. And the person actually thank for the one two three percent property tax caps is Greg Ballard, because when Greg Ballard got elected, he beat Bart Peterson in two thousand seven. That scared the hell out of everybody on the other end of Market Street because if a two term incumbent with three million dollars and a sixty percent, albeit soft approval rating, can lose against mm-hmm. a guy who no one heard of and only had fifty thousand dollars in the bank, what does that do for us? And yeah, so- and, and, and also it's catalytic. <laughs> The strange thing is the mayor really doesn't have a lot, whole lot to do with it. <laughs> okay, so the conversation switches now, right? Because when I do it, and we had thousands of people who told us and showed us, they were writing their state reps and senators the last session, and they basically got a giant middle finger other than Jeff Thompson kicking and screaming did some just ridiculous thing for two years that isn't really going to help anybody so they could check a box. When I do it, oh, Rob Kendall's a radical right winger who has no idea what he's talking about. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact is, now you've got one of their guys and a guy who they is he's, wasn't he just on this health committee for the governor? Did yes, he? yes, so, and they had success with that. So it's one of your guys saying the exact same thing that I'm saying now. Doesn't that inside the state house? change the conversation that one yeah. of their guys is saying I, of course it does oh, it's a large it's rattle like, going on it's like the difference between your wife calling you an idiot and the guy who lives across the street from you calling you an idiot and the guy across the street calls you an idiot it doesn't matter if your wife calls you an idiot okay you need to be worried or concerned uh, yeah can we all just say like so are we prepared to say rob was right no <laughs> Because, because because with my good friend mr kendall there's usually a, a little bit more to the to the equation that that your passion and emotion for the issue has allowed you to overlook oh. yeah you know you know <laughs> but, uh, in this, but in this case there's not because he said so this is capital chronicle had a great write-up of this he i'm going to read directly from their story so n- nobody's misquoted he being kinley identified two other complications local school operating referendum levies aren't necessarily working as intended which we have said on this show or and the, my seven years here and he said Local units and their legal advisors have found, quote, ways to play the system. This is literally, for seven years, the thing I've been saying here, and I'm so glad that he has said it because you've got the referendum thing, which is a, now he's not using the words I use, a giant scam that these school corporations have manipulated the intent of the referendum, and you've got uh, all sorts of these, I know, I was there, I saw it in real time, these local governments who figure out ways to do things that were never intended to be to be done, and that happened last time between the seventies and two thousand nine, and it took a like Abdul said, it took a constitutional amendment to put the system that we have in right now. Uh, it, it's like the salary cap in NBA or NFL. People have ways of getting around it on incentives and whatnot. Every system, uh, th- this one's broken now, and, and they've got a. And I think this is really. 
well thought of that they that the property tax issue needs to especially with seniors but <laughs> what it what should happen right now is senator holman should ask suzanne crouch our lieutenant governor to come before the commit this commission and and talk about her plan because uh, I, I think putting a lot of light, and, and maybe she has a secret sauce. I don't know. Oh, but, you know. Uh, I, <laughs> she's uh, got some ragu sauce. That's about all she's uh, got. All I can too. tell you is this, is that government regulation is the best, is the best motivator for innovation. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so let, I, wanna, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanted to read Let's you. Point I wanted to read you one other part of this article. Okay. So here is the direct quote. From Kinley, if you eliminate either the state or local income tax, when you hit the next recession, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to reinstate, even on a temporary basis, an income tax, and it will probably have progressive rates to it. Is he right? Yeah, he's exactly right, because that's what that's what the, the left and that's what people that like big government want to do. And that's what's going to happen. And and uh, the the state government has done a very good job of chipping away at state income tax, and and they've also done a good job of cutting taxes here and there. They every budget session they're trying to cut as much as they can. Oh, you don't believe that? No, no, but it, but it is true. They don't because, cut no, anything. No, 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 because the income tax rate went from like three point four percent to like. A, and by the time it's all said, it'll be forever. Like, forever. By the time it's all said, it'll be down to two point nine. Oh, I hope they didn't tear a hamstring with all that heavy lifting there. I mean, but they have record amounts of money. The cuts, the 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 tax cuts are not keeping up with the are not proportional to the revenue coming in. They're well, actually, government. if you if you if you if you believe in supply side economics, by cutting taxes, you increase your revenue because people are spending more money. Right. So from a from a theoretical perspective, a, it's actually working. Yeah, you know. Also, though, one thing that people don't really ask of republicans are we governing well yeah are we being efficient are we uh is uh, well, department we of correction that, and then i get yelled at yeah well i think it's a legitimate question are we governing well and is the taxpayer getting the bang for their buck here is the other part of what he said he being luke kenley according to indiana capital chronicle property taxes in contrast consider value but not necessarily the owner's ability to pay Again, the same thing we've been saying, which is if you bought a house in 1987 for $100,000, you haven't monetized the asset, and you're on a fixed income, that house may be, according to the government, worth $300,000 now, but you haven't made a single solitary cent out of it, and you don't have the ability on a fixed income to pay $300,000 in property taxes. You shouldn't be being punished for being a good, reliable member of the community. Yeah, Senator. Kenley is speaking the truth there, and I hope they've listened intently. You know, there's not going to be a budget um, until uh, 2025, and so they've got a year and a half to kind of put together, a, and they've got boatloads of money, and so they've got plenty of opportunities to put a cogent property tax system together, and if they need a constitutional amendment, fine, but it's a great opportunity for state government, and I laud Senator, Senator uh, Holman and others that are looking deeply, and, and Senator, uh, Representative Thompson as well. And, and the thing to keep in mind is when we talk about uh, tax reform, you, you can't play whack-a-mole. Okay, we'll cut this tax here, we'll eliminate this tax here, yeah. but then this tax over here pops up. Because yeah. uh, I remember when I got here, there was a big debate over, and Jim, you probably remember this, those property tax replacement credits. Oh, yeah. Is mm-hmm. that when, when the 
due to due to due to like lowering the property taxes. They didn't want to punish local governments, so they gave like the PTRCs, and it just grew and got ridiculous. And then there was the degoster formula that you had kids who would leave one school district go to another. But, yeah, but that's the, quite a term. But yeah, but degoster. Yeah. yeah, but but the but the school district would would want to lose the money that the kids mm-hmm. were getting. So mm-hmm. the, so it, it was just, it was just a mess, it, and people trying to fix it. So if you, if you're gonna fix it. What you got to remember is you'll always be tinkering with the system. You you always will because something will pop up that nobody thought about that mm-hmm. you got to fix over here. But then that if you turn this lever over here, it affects that lever over here. Right, and Rob's right, and Luke's right with this referendum. Uh, that's gone loose. Yeah, that's gone. It's that's on fire. It's ridic- Okay, mm-hmm. so what are the odds though? Because again, I say it, they're going to do the exact opposite just because I said it. They should say raise property taxes. Yeah, should, right? <laughs> Is there any chance, though, because you know what's going to happen. You know the moment they start attempting to do something sense- sensible with property taxes, which is all we've said. I've said, look, if you're the person who's been in your home since 1987, y- you have the right to not be flushed from your home for something you're not monetizing. Is there any chance they're going to actually have the guts to follow through on something? Because you know as soon as they do, the angry red-shirted teachers and the superintendents and everybody else is going to go up and just scream bloody murder. And the Republicans usually just crawl under desks and apologize for having ideas when that happens. I think it's up to um, who the next governor is going to be and what and actually what that individual wants to do. It takes leadership. It takes guts. It takes a firm fist to get this done and and it takes leadership and and luckily mitch daniels was there and uh was partnership with with senator kenley and others and it it, it just it takes it takes somebody that is going to be there a long time that understands the system understands the school funding formula and uh is willing to put everything on the line and also part of that equation too, when we talk about tax reform, whether it's income tax or property tax or, or sales tax or whatever, you cannot have the tax reform conversation without having the government consolidation conversation. Yes, because mm-hmm. there, how many? Because the the biggest chunk of your property taxes yep. and state money goes to yep. schools. How many school districts in Indiana have less than two thousand students? Yeah, somebody. Okay, so that's interesting. So this guy, what's his name? Kentworthy. Jay Kentworthy, does that sound yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Kentworthy. Doesn't he work for Young? Isn't he a Todd yeah. Young guy? Yeah, he used to work for uh, Becky Skillman. Okay, yeah. so he, yeah. I, I think he's the guy who posted this. He posted a map of schools that had less than 2,000 kids in their school corporation, and it's incredible how all throughout the state there are these just huge pockets, these rural areas that don't. Now, obviously, in the in the central Indiana, there's you know no, none, <laughs> but... Yeah, there's no reason that these schools, we should be putting all this money towards these little schools that are not, they could be far more effectively run, you know, merging with someone else, right? Am I missing and we're, something? And we're not talking about merging elementary schools or high schools. Talk about a, we talk about administration. Yeah. Because you have how many superintendents do you have? Yeah, exactly. How many assistant superintendents do you have? Bingo. You know, how many head, heads of maintenance do, do, you, do you have? Mm-hmm. And this is where I had an issue with Eric Godin's, because uh, he put out a statement a couple years, another couple of, uh, a couple weeks ago, seems like he's been running a couple years. years. Yeah, <laughs> basically saying that he's against uh, small school district consolidation because it kind of goes, kind of goes against his rural Indiana plan to say rural Indiana. However, if you don't have the population, that's kind of point number yeah. one because you're losing money there because you don't have the students anymore. And number two, why are we paying for buildings yeah. and staff people that we don't need? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you look at coal country in um, Southwest Indiana. There's nobody there anymore. Yeah, and uh, it's sad. That kids have to get on a school bus and be taken out of the county to go to school, and there's got to be there's got to be some 
consolidation and there's efficiency is something that that is foreign to some a lot of probably a lot of school corporations and that's you know that that's where the money in referendums come from and and uh, uh they just have to get a handle on uh, on property taxes and the referendum process all right the big question is you know luke kinley's boy was pete miller and uh you know i uh I threw him to the dust heap of time. Senator Pete Miller, yeah. who, who proceeded. Let's say it right, Jim. Former. former. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. He, <laughs> and he proceeded uh, Senator John Crane, yes. who's retired. And, and and he was never actually elected by the people, was appointed when Connie Lawson became Secretary of State. I think Kenley's probably still salty that his boyo got the old heave-ho, thanks to me. Think he'll come on the show? Think we could get him to talk about this? Senator, I can. Senator Miller? No, Kenley. I don't have no reason to talk to Pete Miller. No, I don't know where he is. I didn't, neither does anyone else. Uh, well, I I get, I get Luke Kenley on the show. All right. Yeah, and you know I do a really good Senator Luke Kenley uh, impersonation. Do you want to give it a go? We got like twenty seconds left. Well, Jam, uh, that crowd is so uh, pro eliminating that property tax that. That dog just ain't going to hunt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Abdul, that's your job is to get this guy in statehouse happenings because I think we'll agree. We, I don't think. I know we agree on this. And so maybe maybe we can all have a establishment uh, kumbaya moment uh, over here. Uh, Jim Merritt, you're the best. Abdul, you're also the best. And collectively, you're both the best. Thank you. <laughs> FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. You can find Abdul on Twitter at A-T-T-Y-Abdul at A-T-T-Y-Abdul. Jim Merritt's on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt at Jim underscore Merritt. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall at Rob M. Kendall. You can hear me weekdays, 9 until noon. Kendall and Casey on 93.1 WIBC. For Abdul Kim Shabazz and Jim Merritt, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.